Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos. And today, we are going to talk about what it's like to adopt a hoarding cat. But before we jump into that, welcome to the show, my handsome husband, Dewey Vaughn. Hello, my beautiful wife, and hello to all of you out there in the big cat world. Wow, another good show coming up, as usual. So before we jump into that, what's the bonding tip of the week, Molly? Yes, our Vitacraft bonding tip of the week. You know, last week we talked about the bonding tip being feeding meals rather than free feeding. And this week's bonding tip is use a food timer. Now, why would we want to use a food timer? Well, and especially when I told you last week to feed meals so that you had a chance to bond with your cat, you know. (laughs) But I'm going to tell you that you need to feed your cat at least four or five times a day. And that's because in the wild, they eat 10 to 20 multiple little tiny meals a day. And so, you know, that's not possible, clearly, for us to feed that many times. So if we can get four or five in, that's great. But if you work, you know, how are you going to do that? How are you going to feed that cat? Can't be running home at lunch and feed them and that kind of thing. So there is a good and reliable, inexpensive food timer with a cold pack in it to keep that canned food fresh. So if you work, you get up, you make the cat breakfast. And while you're making breakfast, you just go ahead and set up lunch in the food timer. And then when you get home from work, You feed them then, and then when you go to bed, you feed them again right as you go to bed. And then finally, set a timer for, you know, if you work a normal, you know, nine to five-ish type of job, well, then set that timer for about 3 a.m. And and that makes the cat go back to sleep, and he doesn't want to get you up early in the morning and that kind of thing. I mean, heck, Pico even sleeps in. Sometimes it's hard to get him off the bed so we can make it when we get up, you know, because he's eating at three. It's much, much more natural to the species rhythm and what their body needs, you know. So when a cat is getting that in their home environment, you know, all those natural things, which means what it normally does in nature, it's going to be a lot more relaxed and ready to bond with you. So get a food timer and feed your cat those four meals a day and use that food timer at the 3 a.m. feeding. And if you don't, I can happy to send you the link. Just shoot me an email, molly at cattalkradio.com and tell me you want the link to the food timer I love and I'll send it to you. It's on Amazon. It's cheap. It's like 20 bucks. So get a food timer. Yeah, we 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 use those food timers a lot, and I tell you, it was a it's a miracle thing once you realize uh, if your cats are up in the middle of the night and they're running around pacing about, 
and they're hungry at that time and they're bothering you, the food timer is the answer to fix that. Mm-hmm. And if you have a bunch of kittens that, uh, like we do now currently, you're fostering and you've got to go to work and you've got to go to town and you're going to be gone most of the day or evening, uh, set some of those food timers. They are really amazing and it, it makes um, really a lot of sense to do mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And before we jump into the show, we want to talk about our friends at Base Paws, right? Yeah, we do. You know, because they are the number one cat DNA test company that helps cat parents learn more about the cat's breed and health. What could our listeners learn from doing a cat DNA testing? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, just like you yeah. did with the 23andMe thing. Um, yeah, yeah, Base yeah, Paws can, can trace your cat's breed type and origins. Yeah, and yeah. breed influences their personality, their personality traits, and most importantly, their hereditary genic, gen, genetic excuse me, bleh, health conditions. And the information you learn can help your cat live a longer and more healthy and better life. So how does it work? Do they get give you a some sort of report that's specific or genetic uh, you know how far does it back go back you know, how does all that look yeah you know it's it's just like the 23 and me report that you got when yeah, when you yeah. did that you know yeah. it, it includes your cat's breed it, it has the dental health score which is very very important um, cuz even at a young age it's it's really wild they can actually predict you know, how much dental disease and even tooth resorption is going to happen in that cat's life later down down the road and and all kinds of other vital information about about your cat's health and much more. So so if you're listening, you can get that peace of mind about your cat's health, too, by visiting basepaws.com and ordering one of those DNA kits today. And it's super simple to do. You know, you just cheek swab, which is is easy. I actually did that on video if you follow us on social media when I cheek swabbed Pico a couple weeks ago. And uh, and actually, they're extending to our listeners a $25 discount. If you'll put Cat Talk Radio into the code box when you check out, you'll get $25 off that DNA test. <laughs> that sounds great. And it's always good. I mean, you're always curious what's the background of a species and where did they come from and, you know, what kind of genetic markers they have. I know that's what pushed me over to 23andMe to go ahead and try it. I wanted to see what those health markers and stuff look like. So this would be great to to try out and, and uh, really get to know some interesting stuff with your cat. So um, hoarding is an interesting topic also. Mm-hmm. What made you want to talk about that one, for God's sakes? Hoarding is a terrible thing. I hate that. Yeah. yeah. It, I guess it's because we have had so many hoarding cases in the shelter recently. And and um, thankfully, at the Albuquerque shelter, the, the people I'm working with uh, this year, they have a lot of group rooms. So we're able to, after we process these cats in, they're able to keep the cats together in a group room. And and um, and we, we just have a lot of them. Seems like, you know, we get 20, 25 cats in and we just get them all out, you know, adopted into rescues and things like that. And then we'll turn around and there'll be another case coming in. And it, it's just so hard on the shelters for space and 
that kind of thing. It's, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's really, really bad. And, and, you know, cats are different when they come in from that kind of situation. And I just felt like adopters really need to know what they're getting into, you know? And so I thought this would be a, a good topic to let people know just exactly what you are getting yourself into. If you think about adopting or, or even fostering a hoarding cat. Yeah, you know, hoarding situations are terrible. And I know uh, that people start off with some sort of good intentions, but it never really works out in the, at the end. So I'm glad we're kind of talking about that. So how is their situation different? Well, and, and like you said, they're well-meaning people. You know, I, I don't think people set out to go, well, let's go get 30 cats today and cram them into this little space and to where the point that they're not healthy. And I, you know, they don't set out like that. They, they care very much and they, you know, they're, they're trying to help, but at some point they get in over their head and they've ended up with a lot of cats. And usually it, you know, it's like one here, one there, two here, got a litter, got, you know, and so it's, it's, it kind of, snowballs over time you know and and the biggest thing is that you can't possibly give the cats enough attention you know you you can't you you attention is huge cats need attention from us to remain social and friendly with people and not to mention you know they usually don't get great nutrition you know and sometimes a whole situation just causes trauma in general for them Lots of health issues. I mean, gosh, we had we had this litter come in, uh, this litter, this this hoarding cats come in, and they were all about middle age, and you could tell they were multiple generations of cats, and there was probably twenty five, maybe thirty of them, and every single one of them was matted. They weren't grooming themselves. Their teeth were all rotted. Oh my gosh, we had to do extensive dental work on them all, and lots of grooming and behaviorally they were better than, than some. I mean, I have a group right now at the shelter that whew, behaviorally we're just having a, a real challenge. And it's weird. Cause like two cats out of the four five, six, I guess the six that we had in a room together, two of them actually became pretty social pretty quickly. And the other four are just, Oh, I mean, you can't get near them, you know, yeah. ears flat, hissing, growling, swatting. Um, it's just, yeah. it's just horrible. And you wonder if they live like that in all their life in that hoarding situation. So, I mean, it's just a terrible, you know, subject to think about them, but you know, you got to think about life after that for sure. And you know what? I, I just can't imagine, you know, you're always talking about how many times a day that we need to play play with Pico and that's about twice a day for 10 minutes each time. I'd have to stop work. <laughs> if we had to do that with four cats, I can't imagine what you'd have to do with 20 <laughs> cats. Jeez. Right? And, and the litter boxes, for God's sakes. So oh, yeah, yeah. If you're supposed to have two for each cat, you don't have a house big enough. No, no, no. Yeah. And and again, I think I think the people do the best they can, but it, it can't possibly be enough for the cats. You know, I mean, it it just can't. Like you said, we we recommend that you have one more litter box than numbers of cats. And, you know, yeah, think about all that scooping. Oh, God, no way. I'd have to just that'd be it. No, I just couldn't go there. Couldn't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about it at all. You you see, there's 
needs to be one more box, you know, for each one of those cats and just, God, that's just way out of, I can't even imagine what that would look like. You'd have to get a huge swimming pool and, and well, put lots no, of kitty litter you, in it. <laughs> you got to have them spread out all over the house. So yeah, if you got 20 cats, that's 21 boxes spread out all over to the house. And imagine, you know, I scoop three times a day. So imagine how much time that would take, you know. And so if you add up all the time it takes to feed properly, like in meals, like we just talked about, if you're feeding your cats five times a day, you have 20 cats, you're feeding them five times a day, and you're keeping the litter boxes clean, and you have the right amount of litter boxes, and you're prey playing with each one of those cats. And remember, that's not a group activity, right? It's an individual cat activity. So if you're isolating and preying with one of the cats at a time, you know, times 20, and and so that's 20 minutes a day times 20, and oh my gosh. And, and then if you put out food puzzles, because they also need mental stimulation, and you're trying to keep your house clean and the cat hair. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the cat hair? It, it would take your whole day. I mean, and you're basically a home based shelter at that point. You know, there's no real difference. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So we're basically saying there's no way someone can care for a huge number of cats properly. I think that's correct. Yeah. I mean, well, especially if it's just, you know, one person. Or even two people, you know, because, you know, again, they mean well. And, and they usually, you know, just just can't out can't turn out that next one that they see that's in need. But it can get to a point where the cats are suffering more in someone's home than they would be somewhere else. You know, we had yeah. one at the shelter um, and she had all these cats in her garage, and it was just a situation that just got out of hand. And these cats, they, so we were going to bring them in. The field officers were going to bring them in like a couple at a time. And they brought the first two in. And, oh, boy, were they very aggressive. And I think we routed one of them, a working cat, and I think she got an okay gig. And then the other one, you know, finally started reacting a little bit and warming up and and, you know, worked well in our BMOD program, and we were actually able to get him adopted. And um, and so we went to her before we brought in any more and said, you know, maybe we could, you could just let these cats outside and you continue to feed them, you know, care for them, but let's let them live outside because it's not working out for you that they be in your house and it's not really working out for them to be in the shelter. That's not a great place for them either because we're going to have a real hard time because supposedly those first two were the friendliest. And so, you know, and and it's just hard. It's really, really hard to try to figure out how to help these people and help the cats. Because by the time they get to us, they're usually broke emotionally, you know. Oh, my God, I bet. Yeah, it's a sad thing. And how do these cats act differently from cats who don't come from hoarding homes? Oftentimes it's just that they're not social. You know, just because simply no one pets them because they don't have time to pet that many cats. And and if the cats that are shy in a home like that slink off to themselves, you know, you're not going to go taking off after them because you got 15 more cats that want your attention. So the ones that tend to lean to be shy in the first place are just allowed to be shy and never challenged and learn that they can trust you and build a relationship. So they can be very, very, very unsocial. 
you know, or they were born into that hoarding house and just not exposed to people during the sensitive development period because, you know, it's it can be awful if they, you know, they're born there and they may not even know they had the litter and, you know, they don't see the kittens until they're two or three months old. So they miss that whole socialization window. So you mean most of these cats aren't really sp- spayed or neutered and, and they're producing, um, <laughs> reproducing, <laughs> producing, reproducing in, in the person's house? Yeah, oftentimes, yeah. You know, we talked about the time it takes to care for that many cats properly, but we didn't talk about the insurmountable expenses, you know. Imagine having to pay to spay and neuter 20 cats and then take them all to the vet for routine care, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. So they're probably not as healthy as other cats, I'm sure. That can that can definitely be the case. It's you know like anything else. It's not the rule of thumb, but it can Never be have like been that. To the vet. <laughs> right? They may not have ever been to the vet, and hopefully they've got good genetics. Certainly, probably didn't do a base pause DNA test on all twenty of them because they didn't bother to get them spayed and neutered. But hopefully, they've got good genetics and a good natural disposition. But you know, then you get cases like you know that are just horribly, horribly neglected, like the ones that we got in that had all the dental problems, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, it usually means the numbers are just multiplying every year in the home. I mean, it's, it's a really scary thought, you know? And so typically they're not social and they're not healthy. Why would anyone want to adopt one? Yeah. And I was worried about that when we did this podcast topic, I thought, you know, this is really sounding horrible, making these cats sound awful, but you know, and, and that does, therein lies the challenge of getting them out of the shelter. You know, we, we do the best we can to put them in group rooms together, but not all shelters have that kind of space, you know. And a lot of times, here's here's the good the upside. They usually really like other cats, but not people so much. But that can change, right, with, with the right work with them and exposure and slow going and stuff. But in a, you know, in a group room, when you walk in the group room and you got a bunch of hoarding cats in there, they'll usually dart and run and hide behind something. And it, you know, it simply takes that special person with a big giant heart that's willing to take on a, a project cat, you know, that's willing to spend the time to teach the cat that it can trust them and it, it can have a good life in their home. So are these the cats that are euthanized in shelters mostly? Yeah, I it certainly can be. You know, typically they're at the very least are very long length of stay cats because it takes a while, you know, while the volunteers are working on socializing them and teaching them that they can trust people. You know, and the, the shelters just don't have the luxury of keeping cats that long due to space restrictions, you know. They... They, they probably do best out of certainly municipal shelters and more with rescue groups who have more of a foster-based network and they can get these cats into a foster home and it can, you know, they're okay with it taking six months to really get this cats, you know, rehabbed. So let's say you adopt one. What can you expect? Well, first of all, I'd say adopt two. Right. Because like I just said, they love cats, you know, they, Mm -hmm. you know, they, they love cats. And and it's really good if you have a cat and, you know, but it it, get two. And um, 
And and again, if you can find one one of the group that's pretty social or moderately social, get that one and then get a really fearful one because they do learn from each other. They watch each other and they watch how the other cat interacts with people and they can learn that you can be trusted and being pet and loved on feels good. And so they can actually learn from that other other cat. And the other thing I'd say is you got to have lots and lots of patience. You know, it will take whatever time it takes for them to blossom into their full personality. You know, that cat that I love so much, I trim the nails on that we, we went and saw Saturday, Duke, old, old 10 year old cat. That's big, yellow, orange, old guy. He's adorable. And um, she was telling me the story about how she got Duke. Duke was probably five years old when she got him. And she said that he, for the first six weeks, she never saw him, that he hid under the sofa and never came out. She said she'd leave food and he'd come out at night while she was sleeping and eat, but she never saw him. She said it took a full year for him to really trust her and trust people. And I'm telling you what, this is a cat that greets me at the door, not just me, but everybody. This cat is so social, so trusting. And I go in, I sit on the floor, he rolls around on me, and he is just, he doesn't even flinch, no recoiling. I can touch him all over his big fat body, <laughs> and, and he's a big old orange boy, and I just love him to death. And I was shocked to hear that his personality was like that when she got him. So, you know, and it took a year, and thank goodness for her patience and, you know, willingness not to give up on him and just let him be who he was going to be and kept feeding him and giving him treats and talking to him and wanting good things for him. So lots of patience. You need lots of patience. You never know how long it's going to take or if it takes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course you want to be sure that you're truly finding somebody that can take care of the cat properly because you really don't want it to go into another home where it's neglected. That's yeah, not a good thing. Absolutely, because you know neglect is a form of abuse. You know, I, I always tell people who are adopting, you know, any cat to be sure that you have the resources to take to take care of it, and that's not just about the money, but it's about the time and the patience to make sure it's going to work out. Yeah, that's that's something. So, w- would you recommend that someone adopt a hoarding cat? Y- yes, if you have a cat. And you maybe you've lost your, you know, you had two cats and they were really comfortable together and your cat has lost its companion. You know, those hoarding cats love other cats. So if you can get one similar in age to your cat, you know, it has a good chance of being a, a match for your cat. You know, or if you're thinking of adopting one cat, get two. You know, they keep each other company. And hoarding cats are are great to adopt in pairs. Absolutely. You know, or if you're just one of those giant hearted people, we love you. We love you. We love you. You know, mm-hmm. and we see them. I call them our wonderful unicorn adopters. They walk in with this big glow and they come into the shelter and they say, give me the cat who needs the most help. You know, well, hoarding cats are for you. And, you know, it's just like anything else. They're they're not all that way. You know, some cats from hoarding homes are more well-adjusted and cared for than others. But, you know, the rule of thumb is that, you know, you're, you're probably going to have a bit of a project and, and realize that this cat needs to learn to trust and learn that 
it's going to get wonderful things in life and, and that it, it can come out of its uncomfortable zone and be the best cat it was meant to be. Yeah, that's got to be really challenging on the shelter and the adopters. That's just got to yeah. be a challenge. I wish people would be more responsible on the front end so you're not seeing so many of these cases come yeah. across. That's just something. Well, great show, Molly. Um, and really, uh, cat hoarding is not a good thing. I know that mm -hmm. people have a big heart on the front end, like you mentioned, but really not a good thing to have more cats than you can really honestly take care of. And I can tell you just, you know, from my perspective, I, I really couldn't see having that many cats. It just is, I mean, you can't, you can't give them enough attention and time. No, and, no, and you're not. Like, you got to quit all your jobs and quit everything out of your social life and your friends and everything and just be, do nothing but take care of the cats. It's a lot of work taking care of that many mm -hmm. cats. I mean, heck, we're fostering a litter at the re, and between Pico yeah. and them, that yes. you know, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> it's it a is lot a of lot work. of work. And yeah. uh, I can't wait till they get big enough to move along because it's a lot of work. That's I mean, it's today, a, right? No, I wish. No, <laughs> still got still got a couple more weeks to go. Yeah. So listen, if any of you listeners out there have a topic you would really like Molly to talk about, or you really have, you know, some interest in, or you would like to share with other people, uh, let me just suggest that you send that information, send the idea to Molly at cattalkradio.com. And that's with two T's, cattalkradio.com. Absolutely. I've, I love to get suggestions from our listeners, and I usually do podcasts out of them. And I also want to invite you to help the support that support the work that we do. Um, you can you can do that by sending us just a small gratuity donation. Any amount helps helps keep cats out of the shelter because that's the work that we do. And I've tried to make it super easy for you. You can just, well, first of all, you could pay by Zelle. You could send us a, a donation by Zelle to donations at catbehaviorsolutions.org. We are a nonprofit, and we do all of this work for free. And um, you can go to the store on the website at catbehaviorsolutions.org, scroll down past the products to the bottom, and I've put varying amounts of, of little donations. You can just click one of those and Put it in your cart and easily check out with your credit card on your phone, on your computer, wherever. And while you're at that store, you can just keep on shopping if you'd like mm, and go yeah. ahead and pick up some of those treats for that positive reinforcement that happens between you and the treat and the yeah. kitty. <laughs> that, that helps with the hoarding cats. I mean, that's does, one of the ways yeah. that you, you get them to trust you is lots and lots and lots of treats. I mean, that's why... I use that Vitacraft lick and lap in shelters. What do you think we're doing in there? Because those are the cats we're working with. And that's why we carry their product because it is that good, people. I'm telling you, it is that good. Yeah, Vitacraft treats are amazing. I'm glad we're carrying that stuff. And it seems to be the best. You talk about it a lot. And I see positive things happen. And you get positive responses with it. So I'm glad you're using it. So anybody else can go to our website and pick that up as well. All of those proceeds for the site support the nonprofit stuff that we do. So please go there and take care of some of that. And be sure and like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram also. This is all volunteer-based podcast to help you 
better take care of your cat and increase the bond between you both. We're going to keep doing that as long as shelter, shelter euthanasia, euthanasia is, is the number, number one, one cause, cause of, of death in cats. Yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone. All right. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Goodbye. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.